Yay yay. Welcome. Episode 19. Consistently inconsistent with me, your host. Woo. Andre Serrato. Hi guys. Oh man, I got so much on my mind. So I'm a vent. <laughs> I'm gonna make this bitch juicy for y'all. This one I wanna talk a lot on this one. So if you're one of those people who have been complaining that my shit's been too short, this is definitely the episode to listen to. So uh, let's talk about what a hurricane this week here in Florida. If you guys didn't know, I live out here in central Florida, Orlando to be exact. And uh, the, the Florida panhandle got hit with a hurricane, Hurricane Michael. And to be honest, we here in Orlando did not feel a goddamn thing. Barely any winds, a couple showers here and there. But you could have rolled your motorcycle out yesterday. <laughs> it's crazy. Thank God I didn't. Um, fuck my shoulder up, man. Uh, training, man. Uh kind of upset about it. I want to say, back in high school, I played football, and um, for those athletes that know, uh, there's a joint in your shoulder. So you can dislocate your shoulder in a few places, right? You could dislocate it out the socket. You can also dislocate the AC joint in your shoulder, which is just like a tendon slash ligament. And uh, if you stand straight and look in the mirror, you can kind of see that little bony look thing that pops out right before your shoulder goes round. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, on my left side, you can kind of see that mine's poking out. I fucked that one up in high school. I played linebacker and uh, defensive end and everything else. <laughs> and um, yeah, this took a little wear and tear on my left side. Yesterday, I was helping my homie Twista uh, at the gym, who's getting prepared for a fight at WCFL. Title fight, I believe, 155. Um, shout out, ooh, shout out to all the gyms out there. I'm not the gyms, all the pr- legit promotions gyms. Shout out to all the gyms, for real. Shout out mainly to my gym, Gracie Baja Kissimmee. You can check us out on 192. Moving to a new location soon, just right up the street. So uh, shout out to my gym and shout out to all the other schools out there because uh if if you're an open school man, you're you're helping people, for the most part. But um, what what was I talking about? Oh yeah, shout out to all the promotions out there, um, legit amateur promotions and legit pro promotions. Um, pro, there's only a couple. Um, I think uh, Florida Championship Fighting, I think, is one. I'm not really sure of the other ones, to be honest. But amateur promotions. Oh, Combat Night. <laughs> Combat Night's like a legit pro show now. So shout out to Combat Night and uh, Mitchell Chamel, is it? Um, shout out to him. I actually fought for him. My first fight, my first amateur fight was at 205. And that's when back when, um, when Josh... Uh, was salmon was around, and um, actually, cool story. I I won my my uh, first fight, 
And um, Mitchell's one of those real hands-on promoters. Like, if you're a fighter or if you're working for him or whatever, I'm sure he's he's going to contact you directly, you know what I'm saying? And he's going to make sure shit happens. Um, I haven't really spoke to him in a while, but uh, I'd f- just from knowing him, from the little bit of interaction that I had with him, I know that he's legit and official, and he's for sure a person that's looking out for, you know, the little guy. The local fighter, which is, you know, maybe you're maybe you're a local fighter and fighter and you're listening to this. But um, Mitchell, super legit. Cool story with him and Josh Salmon, who, you know, rest in peace isn't around anymore um, and fought for the UFC and has a crazy fucking um, highlight knockout uh, for the UFC head kick, I want to say. And uh, I remember I, I won my fight, I won by triangle i think yeah and uh i was pretty good i wasn't beat up or anything and my boy willie perez who was coming up at the time if y'all y'all remember him he was coming up man he was beating people he i think he won his fight also not and uh mitchell hit us up and was like yo we're gonna be having the after party here at the club the fight was at a club in the middle of the dance floor (laughs) Uh, in Jacksonville, and, um, it was, it was fucking cool, man, I was like, I think I was like 21 at the time, Willie wasn't even 20, he could barely drink, and he was probably like 18, 19, and, uh, yeah, Mitchell was like, yo, just come to the, uh, we get there, it was packed, there was a line outside, and he's like, yo, just come to the, uh, to the front, I'll get you in, we hit him up, he was already waiting for us, he's like, what's up, guys, let us in, he actually took us to his little VIP section where Josh was Josh was getting lit, boy. They were having a good-ass time. They were with their ladies, and uh, they were just having a great time. And he poured me a drink. He's like, yo, you want a drink? Took one. And I kind of got lost with Willie uh, in the club afterwards. But that was, that was that. You know what I mean? All I just got great things to say about Mitchell. Um, combat Night. Who else? Uh, Rival Fight League. Ross Kellen. Shout out to Ross. I know you're going through some things. Shout out to you, bro. I got prayers sending your way. And um, he also runs Copa America. So these are legit dudes. There's a lot of legit dudes out here in uh, in Florida for amateur fighters. If, if you're if you're trying to get into the game, who else? Rise of a Warrior. Um, who, Dan. That's Dan. With Dan Donaldson. Super cool, too. All these dudes are super cool, bro. And they look out. I think, yo, I think Combat Night and, uh, that's right, Combat Night and Rise of a Warrior, I think, are holding, a, like, a joint show. Champ versus Champ. I barely keep up with this MMA scene. Ooh, WCFL, fucking Rafael Garcia. Super fucking dope. He's he's legit. I got nothing but great things to say about that dude. Um, little eccentric, but I fucking love it. He's amazing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, there's so much opportunity out here, um, to fight, especially in amateur, which is like, I feel the most important aspect or chapters in, you know, an MMA fighter's career. Now, you know, there are outliers, there's there's monsters out there that can just jump straight to to the pros and do work. 
or just like physically gifted and and also fucking you know smart and technical that will fuck you up with just a couple fights you know there's freak dudes out there um that don't really need the amateurs to be real you know if 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 you're built like a like a greek god and you have crazy athletic ability you can get far really fast without you know i mean learning too much it's just the reality um but for most of those most dudes <laughs> and even some of those freak athletes amateur is super important that's where you fucking learn that's where you build that's where you really figure out if you want to if that's if this is what the fuck you want to do because let's say you do hop in the cage as a pro or the ring in or in the ring as a, as a pro with just you know one or two amateur fights the dude that you're standing across can fucking kill you bro <laughs> you can walk out of there and not be the same you understand MMA is a sport, but it's also something way more than that. It's like, it's like reality. You know what I'm saying? It's it's black. It's black or white, bro. There ain't no fucking in between, for the most part. It's fucking, it's crazy, and that's why I love it. Now, uh, for most of you that know me. Or some of you that don't know me, I'm sure if you've listened to previous podcasts, I've mentioned it before. Um, I don't really need to talk about it. I'm not one of those those types of fighters. Or I see, I don't even really consider myself a fighter like that. You know what I'm saying? There's there's fighters out here like Nick Diaz and Nate Diaz and Habib and Conor McGregor's like those those dudes. You know that's what the fuck they live for. And I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm going to be fucking real. Like, I'm not going to sit here and bullshit it. I'm not going to sit here and post, you know, my profile pic as me, you know, in MMA shit. (laughs) I'm going to be real. It's just, it's just something that's a part of my life, but it's not my life. You feel me? Because there's dudes out there that it's their fucking life. They live in their gym. They train three times a day. They eat to be better. Like the shit that they eat is so they can whoop your ass in a more efficient manner. (laughs) And I'm not there. So I would never ever bullshit you. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to talk about my journey, my little bit of... MMA experience. Um, ooh, before I get into that, let's talk about fucking UFC 229. Let's recap that a little bit. Ooh, how crazy was that shit? Yo, my mom asked me about that shit. My mom is the most Christian woman on this planet. She's never even gone seen me fight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like, she wants nothing to do with that shit. And fucking, I was talking to her on the phone and she's telling me, she was like, you know, what happened with the fights this week? And I was like, what? 
the fights this this past weekend were so crazy that I was betting money with my aunt. <laughs> Me and my aunt were throwing down money fucking on fights. And um I actually came up, I came up like ten dollars. Five dollars actually. Cause uh she took five for me on the first fight and on the second fight we bet ten and I won that on the Tony Ferguson fight. And uh but you know what? I don't want her money. So she actually came up five. It's all cool. It's good. It's alright it's alright, Thea. It's straight. But um yeah, it was it was wild shit. Um one of the mo- one of the luxuries in life I think that some people don't appreciate is fucking on the weekend a Saturday night somebody orders a fight whether it's a friend or family member or you know neighbor whoever the fuck it is and you kick back have some beers and watch the fights you know what I'm saying this is fucking amazing it's awesome or even go somewhere go to a bar with your girl or your boys or whatever and and watch the fights and eat food and talk shit and Oh shit that oh my you know what I mean like that shit is so fun those reactions <laughs> Um so if you're not doing that at least you know once or twice a year you're missing out man But uh we kicked back at ooh sober October people I, I know if you listen to podcasts you listen to Joe Rogan they're doing the sober October shit I decided to participate in it um I lapsed yesterday and today, but I went stone cold turkey, no beer, no nothing until the 10th, which was what yesterday. Yeah. And I had a beer, you know what I mean? I relaxed. I fucked my shoulder up. I was like, fuck this. And I had a beer. So whatever. But I went cold turkey for like over a week. So proud of myself. Anyhow, watch the fights. It was madness. It was crazy. Habib. Flying into the crowd like the beautiful Russian eagle that he is. Onto Dylan Dennis, who's a piece of shit. <clears throat> Seems like it, right? <sighs> Sorry, I just burped, guys. It's kind of gross. Ugh, but fuck it. If you're this far in and you decide to uh, not listen to me anymore because I burped, eat a fat dick. <laughs> I cur- Yo, I curse a lot, so... Stay with stay with me, man. Anyhow, Habib, uh, Derek Lewis, just Tony Ferguson. This the card was crazy. It was just wild, and I just been enjoying watching. You know, this shit online. It's just fun. It's culture. This shit's culture. If you guys haven't noticed, MMA is way deeper than a sport. Look at this shit. Everybody's talking about this. That's why this episode is dedicated to just straight MMA. Ooh. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know about the whole. Uh, I'm sh- Connor wants to fight Habib again. Let's see if it happens. Derek Lewis looks like he's fighting DC. Fucking crazy. Uh, what else is going on? Tony Ferguson shitting on uh, Anthony Pettis. It's just Dominic Reyes looking super impressive. It's crazy. The night was crazy, and I appreciated it. And if you missed out, it sucks for you. <laughs> um, let's go back to what I was talking about. Um, ooh, so my MMA journey. Let's talk about the little bit of shit that I've 
been able to experience. So, like most people, <clears throat> I got I got caught up on uh, on the whole MMA wave when the Ultimate Fighter came out. It was on what Spike TV, which is now like Paramount Network or whatever. And I remember I, I want to say I was like in seventh grade. And the fights, uh, the show would come on like around 10. So from 10 to 11 or 9 to 10. I won't say it was 9 to 10. I'd stay up watching the fights. My mom would bitch at me and tell me to go to bed. But I'd stay up and, and watch the show. And it was so crazy. The characters on it. The fighting was intense. It was just so wild. And I remember the finale when... Uh, Forrest Griffin fought Stefan Bonner. I remember it was gonna like the fights didn't start till ten, so I had to like beg my mom to let me stay up. And like she was like, "No, you gotta go to bed." This and that. So I remember I went to bed. <laughs> That's how Christian my mom is, by the way. Uh, so I went to bed, and I remember I was like, "Man, fuck this!" Turned on the fights, and I and she didn't fuck with me all night. She let me watch them. Um. And I remember watching the fights, and it was just the craziest thing. That that main event was so fucking wild. Like, if you haven't seen that, you got to go. You got to go back and watch that shit. Get Fight Pass or whatever you got to get, or I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. Um, it's crazy. That shit was crazy. I remember it, it changed my life, man. That fight changed my life. So after it, I was like, wow. Like, that would be so cool to do, like, one day. Like, just to have a fight. Like, that would be so cool. And I was... I grew up in New Jersey as a boy. So this is the way I see it. Like, I'm 26 now, and I've literally spent half my life in New Jersey from, you know, 0 to 13. I lived in New Jersey. Elizabeth. Bayway Projects around that area, to be exact, if y'all know. Um... And, yeah, I was kind of soft out there, man, <laughs> to be real. You know what I'm saying? Like, my mom, she, like, sheltered me a lot. She was super on top of, like, what the fuck I was doing all the time. So, I was real soft out there. And that area is not, uh, you know, it's not a, it's not a place that you want to be soft at. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember my uncle getting jumped one night, like, literally into a coma. Like, they found him on the side of, like, one of the project manors, like, just pretty much dead. And it was, <clears throat> it was a, it's just a rough place, man. I'm glad my mom was able to, to get me and my little sister out of there, to be real. So, uh, at 13, so 7th grade, I finished 7th grade in New Jersey, and at 13, I moved out here to Central Florida, Orlando, and I've been here ever since, and I fucking love it. It's the shit. (laughs) So, coming from New Jersey, I was a little soft out there, but out here, I remember... I remember when we, when I was leaving, there's a lot of Spanish people in New Jersey, a lot of Spanish people, a lot of black people. 
And all my friends were like, damn, you're going to go move with, like, all the white people when they, like, found out I was moving to Florida and shit. And I was like, yeah, it's going to be crazy. And, like, the way I imagined it was fucking Nickelodeon, you know? Like, wherever J- Drake and Josh grew up. <laughs> this is what, that's what, like, I pictured Orlando, Florida to be like. You know, Slime Time Live and shit. You, you remember that shit? This is... So I moved out here and it was nicer, like it's so much nicer, but the people are very similar, a lot of Spanish people out here. Um, The black people out here are a little bit different, they're southern, so the black people from up north are way different from the black people out here. And I was, I'm kind of a little, kind of a little hood, man, like all my friends out here were black and are black. (laughs) Some, I still got, you Ah, let me not get it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, I was I'm a little hood. I have like a little more of a. I'm just a little different. I'm not my. I'm Colombian. Like, my dad's Colombian. My mom's Colombian. But like, if you spoke, and I grew up in a Spanish household. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of people don't get that from me for some reason. I'm just who I am. I don't know. So I grew up out here, and I was soft out there, but since I was coming from New Jersey, I'm probably a little more edgier, I guess, out here. Not really. It's cool with everybody. But this whole MMA shit, like, was always in the back of my mind. And played football out here, which was such a cool experience because I think Florida, like, Florida high school 6A football is the Best football in the country, I think. Maybe Texas. You know what I mean? One of those... I'm sure Texas 6A is pretty crazy, but Florida football is crazy. Like, you know, I fucking sacked Blake Bortles. The Trevor dude, what's his name from... From from fucking Denver. Sacked his bitch ass. (laughs) Uh... Aaron Murray, we play, we had a, a, a seven on seven shootout with Aaron Murray before he went to Georgia. I don't know where the fuck he's at now, but like, you know, we were. Uh, I, I was exposed to to like high level athletes out here, so I had to try to keep up. I'm not the most athletic person. I'm Spanish. I have a little dark in me. I'm I'm somebody in my family was black. I'm telling you. I think it was my grandpa, my great great grandpa, but um, I'm somewhat athletic, right? So in high school, I was always kind of chubby, but uh, you know, I, I could do my thing. And when I after I graduated, I, I was I was making pizzas and cooking and shit. That's that's what like I was doing, and I was smoking mad weed and eating so much food and getting in trouble and shit and I, I gained a lot of fucking weight. I blew up to like 260. I think 260 was my biggest. Titties and all that. Gut, all that. Um, and I was supposed to play some football after high school. I was going to go to like, you know, like a fucking... Juco out in New Mexico, and then I got arrested, and I was still going to go after I got arrested, right, 
And I was going to fly back for like my arraignment and all this shit. And then I got arrested again. <laughs> I got arrested again. And then it was like, oh, yeah, that's you're definitely not going out there. So I stayed out here. And I just started working and I got fat. So got all fat and I was trying to get motivated and shit. And my fiance, who was my girlfriend at the time, like she was down for like she was so down for me for whatever. So I, like I kind of had mentioned I want like wanted to do jujitsu. Like I wanted to get into MMA, but I knew that like. You know, you got to find some type of gym. Like, now there's MMA gyms out there. You have, like, American Top Team is, is, is all over the place now. And, you know, there's a shit ton of MMA schools you can go to now. But then it was more like you had to kind of find a school, like a striking school. American Top Team was around. But um, there was, like, one school, and it was way too far. And Gracie Baja, which is a jiu-jitsu school, was uh was open on one ninety two in Kissimmee GBK, so I'm at still. Um, so it was two thousand, it was December two thousand eleven. That was like the first time I took my class, and me and my girl walked in. I took a class and I fucking loved it, man. Just fell in love with it. I got submitted by some skinny ass dude, and um. Like, I didn't have money at the time and shit. My girl was like, I got you, babe. And paid for the first month and my key. And um, it's just crazy. She's been so down for me. I love her so much. (laughs) She makes me better all the time. Anyhow, uh, she paid for my shit. And I want to say I went to, like, one class a week. And then um, it was, like, January... (laughs) It was like January 4th, and I remember I uh, fucking hate that day. Uh, I went to class, and at the time I was, you know, selling drugs and shit, and I got arrested again. So, like, it was like the third time it was bad. Anyhow, uh, got arrested again, and, you know, I got out of jail like a week later or whatever. And I started going to jiu-jitsu, like, a lot. Like, when you go to jail, when you spend, like, a week in jail, oh, my God, the motivation that you get in there is so crazy. (laughs) And you would think, you know, you you get, you would think after, like, the first time, definitely the second time, but now it took me three times to um, really get motivated, man. And I remember being in jail. I spent, like, a week in that little stint. And, um... I was just like, yo, I have to do something, man. I really, really have to do something. And, like, I had already signed up. So I was like, I remember thinking, like, the moment I get out, I'm just going to fucking, I'm just going to, you know, just do that. And I got out, and I was just training, training, training. And then I went through my arraignment. Everything happened, and I ended up getting on house arrest. And I, like, so I probably trained for, like, a month, month and a half. I think, no, like, two months. I trained, like, for two months after signing up in December and then they put me on house arrest and I couldn't go anymore for it was like seven months yeah it was like seven months so I go from getting this taste of training which is addicting man once once you get your first tap 
I'm going to keep promoting jujitsu. I don't want to get too deep into it. I know I'm fucking... It's a podcast. You're fucking listening to this. So let me rant. Whatever. Uh, once you get your first tap in jujitsu, it's like... Oh, my God, bro. It's the most satisfying feeling. I can... I don't even know what to equate it to, man. It's crazy. It's so dope. Like, having another person be like, okay... You outwitted me, you out, you know, you out grappled me and you have forced me to verbally and or physically show you that you are superior at this moment. Boom. Like that is crazy. It's a wild feeling. And so I get the, I get a taste of that for, you know, like two months and I have to chill for like seven months and, uh. You know, just on house arrest. <laughs> so, you know, I get all motivated. Finally get off of house arrest. And I'm like, word, I get to go back to training. And while I was on house arrest, I was, you know, slowly kind of losing weight. So I dropped from like 260 to like about 230, right? In like those six, seven months. And I get I go back to jujitsu, and I'm about like 235. So I'm six foot. So, you know, at six foot, 235, that's a lot of weight, man. I still got titties and shit and all that. And um, I, I get back to jiu-jitsu. And when I get back, they had, they, had, they had just started this MMA program who was being ran by Kevin Abrante. Shout out to Kevin Abrante. Haven't spoke to him in forever. But, um, yeah, so he was running the program. And at the time... GBK was was a part of Gracie Baja Orlando, which was like they were all like technically like one school. It was GBO Gracie Baja Orlando, although we were GBK, and they started this MMA program ran by Kevin Abrante, who had some pro fights, and I learned a lot, man. I learned a lot around that time. Like it was a lot of sparring. This. This dude, um, uh, Ryan Brinson, he's 6'9". Like, like Anderson Silva, but 6'9". And I learned so much from that dude, man. He, uh, you know, you, you grow apart from people. People's lives change and, you know, you, you lose contact with people. But while I was training with him, Ash Coburn... Ash Coburn, he trains at Gracie Baja Orlando, fucking awesome dude. Who else? Um, Twister was a part of the crew. His brother, uh, uh, Mojo, was a part of the crew. We had like, we had a bunch of good fighters. Willie was fighting, Willie Perez. Uh, a lot of these people don't fight no more, obviously. Um, I had a lot of good training partners, and I learned a lot, like, within like a year I was training I would go to Gracie Baja Orlando the downtown school which is now Gracie Baja North Orlando um and then we would have some days where we would also train at GBK and spar and stuff and I decided I was gonna fight I was like you know what I'm gonna I really want to do this so I was looking for fights Kevin was Kevin was looking for fights for me and my first fight was with Mitchell for combat night, and um, 
I fought at 205. <laughs> I was still fat. Like, I was still, I was still pretty fat. And um, I was probably walking around like 220. And then check this shit out. The day of weigh-ins, I woke up at 217. <laughs> and, like, I cut all that morning. We drove all the way to Jacksonville. And um, uh, Willie had a fight. And when I weighed in, I cut way too much. It was 202. And the dude that I was fighting showed up at 207. <laughs> and I was like, fuck that motherfucker. You better lose that shit. So he was out on the parking lot trying to, trying to lose the weight. He was all throwing up and shit. And then finally he was like, if you don't let me weigh in, bro, then we're not going to fight. So he weighed in heavy anyway. And fucking, we ended up fighting, and I, I submitted him, and that was my first fight. And then I remember, like two weeks later, I had like scheduled another fight. Like Kevin was getting me fights quick, man. And at the time, like you can fight whenever. I don't, I don't know if it's still like that now, but yeah, it is. Yeah, bro, you can fight whenever. At the amateur stage, you can fight whenever, man. I'm sure. <laughs> you just gotta drive. Anyhow. Uh, scheduled me another fight, and I uh, get ready for the fight. Weight cut gets goes a little better this time. I show up on weight. Um, dude shows up on weight. We square off. This was like a sketchy ass promotion. It was called like. It was like you. It was like UMP or something. It was some, something stupid. It was on iDrive somewhere. And it was like a boxing promotion that was trying to do an MMA promotion. And that shit was tragic. So I remember we squared off and everything. I don't even remember the dude's name. It was like Team Noguera at the time. It was like the Noguera gym opened up, opened up around here for like two days. And um, squared off with the dude. We took the pictures and everything. I show up the next day. Um, ready to go. I get wrapped up, we're in the back, I'm warming up, and then fucking promoter comes in, and he's like, yo, you're not fighting, I'm like, what the fuck, and he's like, uh, he, he's like, uh, yeah, dude, uh, dude doesn't want to fight, and I'm like, what, he's like, he's like, let me, let me see what I could do, walks away, comes back, he's like, you could fight, but you'd be fighting the guy's coach, the coach said he'll fight for, for him, and I was like, what the fuck, and like, at the time, I was like, you know what, <laughs> At the time, I was like, yo, I've been training. I was, I was talking to Kevin. I was like, I've been training. That motherfucker's probably be sitting on the couch. Fuck it. Let me fight. And he's like, no, dude. <laughs> that dude's going to whoop your ass. Hell no. And Kevin didn't let me fight, which was awesome by him. You know what I mean? Like, at the time, like, this was only a couple, like, this was, what, like, five years ago, maybe? And, um... It was, I'm sure it's still the wild, wild west, but, like, it was, like, the wild, wild west, and, like, it don't matter. Like, you could fight, like, any dude could show up. Like, if if the matchmaker didn't have an opponent for somebody, let's say somebody dropped out, like, my dude, he didn't, He just needed somebody to get in there. The show was going on, you know what I mean? Like, he needed a space to fill. So, if Kevin would have let, let me fight that day, then, like, I probably would have got my ass whooped real bad. But um, he did it, which was cool. He protected me, which is what a coach is supposed to do. Coach is supposed to look out for your best interest. 
so uh, didn't let me fight. Um, one time I went to go fight for, oh, check this story out. Uh, went to go fight for Ross over at Rival Fight League. And um, it's like one of his first couple shows. And I fucking burnt my face the weekend before at work. I turned on an oven that had propane built up and then poof, just blasted my fucking face and burnt my eyebrows off. All that shit. I looked crazy. <laughs> uh, but I still had, you know, scheduled the fight. So the whole week kind of went fine. And I was like, you know what? I think I could fight. And I show up to the weigh-ins. Weigh-ins, show up on weight. Uh, go to square off with this, he was an older cat, I want to say. He was an older dude. Um, but he was jacked, like steroids jacked. And we square off, I, was, I really wasn't worried about it. And um, we square off, take the pictures, I weigh in, blah, 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 leave. And then later that night, Ross texted me like, listen, I'm sorry, I don't have a fight for you anymore. I'm like, what the fuck, Ross? He's like, but, which is... Check this shit. This is how fucking amazing Ross Kellen is, bro. This is how fucking awesome this dude is. He's like, but I, you know, we we planned all this shit. I know you trained for the fight. How about you? Are you down to do a grappling match? And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm down to do a grappling match. <laughs> and he's like, I'll pay you two hundred bucks and I'll get you a hotel for the night. And like, I was like, well, sure, hell yeah, fuck it. So I went. Um, had the grappling match with Jordan Moore, who's a fucking monster. I think he got his brown belt. Uh, congrats to you, Jordan Moore. Uh, and we had a grappling match, and it was fucking cool, man. And uh, I think it was a draw. It was like five minutes. Nobody got a submission. But um, it was awesome. And then, like, <laughs> we watched the fights for free with my girl. We were chilling. We enjoyed the fights. Um, fucking... I remember I went up to, like, Ross after the, like, I was waiting for everybody to, like, kind of funnel out of the, you know, the, the, the gym, the, no, was it a hangar? It was, like, a hangar. It was so dope, man. It's cool as fuck. It was, like, in a hangar, and everybody, I'm waiting for everybody to, like, funnel out of the hangar so I can be like, yo, where's my money at, bro? <laughs> and, um, I finally catch him by himself, and, you know, I'm like, yo, you, you, you got my money, dog? And he's, he kind of points at his wife, and his wife gives me $200, and he's like, man, enjoy your night. Uh, when you get to the hotel, just tell him, you know, Ross got you, walked to the hotel, boom, chilled with my girl. And you already know what went down. It was a fucking great night, boy. <laughs> so that was awesome, you know what I mean? Uh, but I, I didn't get the fight. So, like, there was, like, a good four, four fights that I trained for, like, had, like, legit camps, and the same thing happened. Like, I did, didn't have an opponent. Somebody wouldn't show up. And, yeah. So, um, the MMA team was slowly kind of starting to fall apart. Um, Kevin was having, you know, his own issues and practices weren't being done and this and that. And the the MMA team kind of just dissipated. Just kind of went away. <laughs> and, um... And... So I kept training. I was doing jujitsu, still kind of doing my, like my own little MMA thing on the side, and I end up getting injured. I tear my my uh, MCL on my left leg, and I'm out for six months. 
no training, no nothing. Just trying to fucking rehab that injury. And I was out for a while and uh, came back, started training again, just doing jujitsu and kind of taking a little bit easier. And uh, didn't have an MMA team. And, you know, just kind of trained, man. So I got my green belt. At the time, there was, like, the green belt at Gracie Baja. They took that, finally took that away. And I was just training, man. Just, you know, showing up two, three times a week. Sometimes I would take two weeks off, just training inconsistently. And, like, for most people who have a life outside of, you know, MMA or jujitsu, it's it's something you kind of do casually, and that's kind of what I was doing for a, a while. And um, and I end up injuring my other knee, <laughs> but this time it was like a meniscus tear, and I get knocked out another six months. So like I've had these these gaps in training these big gaps of inconsistency of consistently being inconsistent ooh you come full circle sometimes <laughs> but um finally heal both knees both knees are good to go come back it's like 2015 and guess what? There's a there's an MMA team at GBK again, and this time, um, the schools kind of broke apart silently. You know what I'm saying? Like I was training at uh, Gracie Baja Sand Lake for a while because it was the closest. It was it was closer to me, and uh, and I still train there. I just don't train there as often with uh, Rodrigo Lang- uh, Lango, who's fucking amazing, bro. If you ever come out to Orlando and want to feel some crazy, just the craziest pressure, technical pressure, you got to go check out Rodrigo, man. He's a fucking killer, bro. And I learned a lot training with him. He actually gave me my blue belt, which I still have. If you don't know, I'm still I'm one of those blue belts, guys. I'm one of those fucking blue belts, <laughs> and it, it fucking aches my nerve. Anyhow, um, I trained at Gracie Baja Sand Lake for a while, and I would I would come to Kissimmee, you know, once a week. But I would probably be training at Gracie Baja Sand Lake probably three times a week. And GBK f- started up an MMA team again, but this time uh, we had Coach James Wynn. And James has a little bit of a pro, uh, a salty pro record, but his fucking knowledge is crazy. Like, I learned, and not only that, but we had a fucking legit team, bro. We had Jeremy Hole, fucking, who was my, he's, till this day, the, the best training partner I've ever had. Um, uh, Twista, who's, who's fighting for a belt this weekend. Or for defending his belt, I think, I believe. Excuse me. Um, uh, Taco. Fucking. Uh, Shy. Uh, f- 
fucking Drake Libby. Uh, bro, we had legit dudes that are still fighting right now. Some dudes are pro. Some dudes are, are fuck, fucking Juan Rivera, bro. Juanqui. He's killing it still. You know what I'm saying? Like, we had, like, these legit MMA fighters. And we had, like, a legit team, bro. It was so fucking cool. It was so dope. And um, we all were just learning and making each other better. And James was able to fucking line up fights for me. So the end of 2015 to October 2016, I fought four times. I fought for Ross. This time I actually was able to fight for him. Um, I got a win there. It was a submission. I fought for... And then my last three fights were for... Oh, no, I'm lying. So I fought for Ross for uh, Rival Fight League. That was my second fight, so 2-0, and boom. Then I fought for WCFL, Rafael Garcia. I got a submission on that one. Boom, that's 3-0. and Then I fought for Rise of a Warrior out in, uh, was it, Fort Myers for, for Donaldson. That's 4-0, boom. And then I called out the fucking top dude at the time, um, which was Gabe Barletta. He's a pro now. Shout out to Gabe. Um, we fought for like a, it was like the state 170 title at the time at Rise of the Warrior. And I was going into that fight 4-0. I think, I think Gabe might have lost his first fight before fighting me. And like he was already pretty much ready looking to go pro. He just wanted to, you know, end his amateur shit on a, on a high note. Um, and I fought Gabe and fucking lost, man. By knockout. I uh Okay, hold on. Time out. Let's go let's let's back up a little bit. So those three fights that I was able to have, uh two and oh, three and oh, and four and oh, those three fights were under James. Uh ATT black box opened up around the way and our team broke up, man. I think James got a, you know, better position out there. And he, uh, you know, decided to go a different way. And the team fell apart, man. I don't know which other way to put it. And I lost pretty much all my training partners, like MMA training partners. I got jujitsu training partners for days. You know what I'm saying? Fight to win just happened this weekend, bro. And... Seven people who are my teammates were on that fucking fight to win pro show. You know what I'm saying? My school is fucking legit. Gracie Baja Kissimmee does not fuck off, bro. We got Ricky Nelson, Samurai, Twista, fucking, uh, I got my dog Pace, fucking Alanis. She's kicking fucking ass. Uh, Armando was kicking ass, fucking, we got all these legit fucking people to train, I got so many legit people to train with for jiu-jitsu, all day, every day, like, Ricky's about to, I think he's, he did fight to win this weekend, this past weekend here in Orlando, and he's doing fight to win this weekend coming up in Miami, and then after that, he's doing IBJJF, like, what the fuck, y'all don't get it, 
It's the best school in the area, bro. Fuck with us. The state. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Igor's going to be like, shut the fuck up. Anyhow. Um, so, yeah. My, my MMA team fell apart. So, I had already, after my fourth fight, I called out Gabe. And that's the type of motherfucker I am. I'm going to always call out my fucking fights. I'm not going to sit here. Because, like, I just had these badass experiences with these fucking scrubs, you know, not wanting to fight. And I know there's dudes out there that have that problem. Like, and in the Amy shows, that's, like, a legit problem. And that's why, like, there are pro, there's a bunch of pro gyms out there. And, like, if you're getting into MMA, like, it's really, it's really, it's really hard to find, like, legit amateurs, I'm sure. You know how hard it is to find, like, a legit amateur? So, that's why there's, like, pro gyms out, out there, you know what I mean? There's, like, gyms that, like, you can't train there unless, like, or the coach won't want to train you or invest time in you because he might know that you're not, you're not that serious, which is, like, a big issue, man. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's just, fighting is so personal, and, like, trying to teach somebody some shit, you know what I mean, and, like, when you lose, it's not like a basketball game where it's like, oh, man, get him next time. It's like you fucking lost. <laughs> you got your ass beat, bro. That's what happened. You didn't just lose. You got your ass fucking beat. Um, How long have I been going? Damn. Fifth. Woo. This is the longest one yet. Damn. If you are still listening, thank you. Because I know I've been talking so fucking much. <laughs> Um, thank you. If you're still listening, thank you. Thank you. So, um, where was I? Yeah. So I, after my fourth fight, I called out Gabe cause I knew he was the, the, the top motherfucker, you know, at the time. And I felt like I could beat him, man. I felt like I could, I really, really, truly believe like I could beat that dude. And, um, I feel like I got close, man. But in MMA, close is not nearly enough. And that fight ended with me being fucking concussed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, anyhow, I lost that fight. And I was, since my team had fallen apart, my homeboy, who's still my dude, I trained with him on Sunday. I don't train with him as as much as I should, but I need to hit him up more. Is Matt Fariallo, you know, he kind of assumed the head coach position. And for those of you that know Matt, <laughs> he's fucking one special dude, man. I love that dude. I fucking love, I love that dude. And he also fought on Fight the Win. Check that shit out. So, like, I'm surrounded by, like, legit dudes. I'm surrounded by legit people, man. And I'm I'm grateful for it, and I don't fucking... I don't let people know enough how grateful I am for, like, you know, the good training that they give me. Because I'm fucking blessed. There's some bum-ass schools out there, man. And I'm definitely not a part of one. So Matt helped me for that fight. And I felt like I, 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 was, I, I, was, I was prepared. I feel like I was really prepared for, for the Gabe fight. Like, I came in shape. I feel like... Like maybe I could have game planned a little bit better, but um, 
I didn't feel like I was missing out, but I, looking back at it, like I was, I didn't have that many training partners. And like, you need, I feel like you really need um, legit MMA training partners if you're going to fight MMA. You know what I mean? Like you need that look, you need that person you need a long person that's going to be able to jab you from the outside. You need a wrestler that's going to be able to pick you up and drop you on the head. You need those different opinions and tactics. and You need a team. So, it's been two years, man. It's been two. This month will make two years since I last fought. And I know some people, like, I don't talk about it. I don't talk about it because... I'm just not the type of person, like, it's just, I train, like, I still train, I'm, I'm working on my purple, like, that's the main thing for me, is, like, I, I've really, really been wanting to get my purple, and I'm, that's why I'm fucking super bummed out that, um, I fucked my shoulder up yesterday, I, uh, I was helping Twister yesterday, because he's got, a, he's got his fight coming up, so I, I was, I was helping him out, giving him some work, and I went to go take his back, and you know when you have, like, the seatbelt grip and you kind of, like, roll to try to get your hook in? Like, you roll to, like, force that window to get your hook in? I fucking rolled dead onto my shoulder and just smashed right into the ground. And the ground didn't budge at all. My shoulder did, and I heard this crunch. Like that, you know when you step on a, a stale-ass fall autumn leaf and it makes that crunch? That's exactly what it sounded like. And like I knew exactly, I remember that pain so much from high school, so I knew kind of exactly what it was. But this time it's on my right shoulder. So, um, yeah, I've been, I've been training on the low, man. I haven't really been doing much MMA shit, but I've been, my jujitsu has been for sure getting way better, and I've been training consistently. You know, not. Not pro athlete consistent because there's there's fucking professional athlete consistent jujitsu like you know what I mean like like a Gordon like Gordon Ryan or fucking Keenan Cornelius or the Mendez brothers and Javante Davis and like those type of dudes Gio Martinez. Like, that's such a different level of jujitsu that, like, I, I've, I don't know if I've really been exposed to that type of jujitsu. So, <laughs> to be real, like, I've seen some beast-ass dudes and shit, but, like, I feel like I can hold my own with any seasoned grappler. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I'm hot, I'm fucking hot. Not to, you know, to my own horn, but if you grapple with me, you know what's up. So, uh, I'm bummed out, man. I'm bummed out that I fucked my shoulder up yesterday. Like, I'm going to try to rehab it. I'm going to hit the sonder day, sit in there for like 20 minutes and, and ice it afterwards. And I'm probably rest for like two weeks. Kind of just chill. Got a vacay coming up. But for those of you that have been wondering, I'm going to get back in MMA. And dudes are fucked. 
You know what I'm saying? If you're in my crosshairs, watch the fuck out. But until then, I'm not going to say much more. I really, 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 really fucking hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I feel like I let a lot of juicy details out. Um, And I feel like I kind of shed light on uh, what it is to kind of be like a... An amateur fighter, at least. You know what I'm saying? Um, Please, please, if you fucking like this, if you think this was cool, if you're a fighter listening and, you know, maybe I inspired you or whatever, or you feel me if you're a fighter listening and you you get what the fuck I'm saying, share this shit. Share it for your boy. Um, I don't know if I'm going to make other podcasts this long, but... We're going on an hour, so this is a record for me, guys. I uh, I hope you guys are fucking killing it. We're, the year's getting close to ending, so do what the fuck you got to do to get your shit together. Um, I'm going to heal up. I'm going to get back at it. I'm going to keep knocking these out. I really, really want to start promoting these. I got to fucking get an Instagram or Twitter or fucking Snapchat. I don't know what the fuck y'all guys do. I just fuck with, like, Facebook, and I kind of post this on Reddit from time to time. My audience is growing. Um, There's people listening. So I'm going to keep making it. Thank you for listening, and peace and love. Dose.